Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers one minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Norman Mitchell. And we did have a guest, but uh, it got eaten again. Um, this is a record. I don't know. Is this movie cursed? I, I don't know. I, I hope feel not. like it's cursed. Uh, Find some wood to knock on. This is bad. Hopefully, we'll have a guest tomorrow. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, but today... We'll be talking about minute 76, which starts with Wormtongue saying, like a morning of pale spring, still clinging to winter's chill, and ends with a banner flying away in the wind. So, as I talked about last week, it's it's the moment in this minute that makes this my favorite Eowyn scene. Okay. It's the, the, your words are poison, and she removes herself from this, and I think... There's just so much in the performance, and I've always really liked it, and it really, it really sticks to me. Like Wormtongue's creepy hand. <laughs> the most, that is, that's also to me the most unsettling thing that Wormtongue does in this whole scene, is when he moves his hand down to her neck. Mm. That's, that's the creepiest thing he does in this scene to me. That is emotion from, because it's, it's from a comforting, like, hand cup like against the cheek to an aggressive controlling pot like position. But he's been in aggressive controlling mode since the beginning. Right, but th- this it's a like it's an actual physical manifestation of that and that to me is more unsettling and threatening than any tone or posture. Like an actual physical action is more threatening and unsettling to me. I guess. But I think that just underscores what I was saying last time. Like, this, like, he he plays at being sympathetic, or not sympathetic, empathetic um, to Eowyn. But then when he moves his hand, that's when he shows his true colors. Mm. Like, he's not, he's not here for her he's here for him you know what i mean yeah worm tongue is a, is a selfish person yes his his whole world is about his own gain i'm not quite sure why we linger on her face so long um before she says your words are poison yeah and i looked um maybe i just like missed it but there's there's no, like, shift in her expression, or if there is, it's, like, extremely subtle to the point where, like, I'm not really picking up on it. I'm... It just feels like we are glorifying in her sadness, like, reveling in her sad... I don't... I don't know why we... We link... Like, I don't know why we're on her face so long. Like... I'm not sure why there's such a long pause before she says your words are poison, I Mm. guess. Because we have her shifting into extreme vulnerability. Like, she closes her eyes. Like, for a moment, she either trusts him or 
like gives in to what he wants like yeah, that, he acquiesces that. she acquiesces to him but then she like opens her eyes she opens her eyes before he moves his hand and then we just have we just i don't know why we just rest on her face i think the pause before the line like where it's just her face it does feel a little long but that pause where we're just looking at her without seeing any part of warm tongue before she says your words are poison yeah i think makes that moment hers to not see any of him okay does that make sense yeah i understand that i just don't know why we why we're on here her so long yeah it is because it's like a solid two seconds no it's longer than that is it longer than wow yeah felt longer than that i guess the reason why i'm thinking it's so long is because there's that shot of her where we do see him in the frame and then there's the shot of her where she's where he's not in the frame yeah we move from from seeing the two of them to only focusing on her yeah whereas i think if i don't know i wouldn't have each one i think if i was editing this i wouldn't have each beat be like two seconds. You'd move it a little quicker? A little quicker. I'd shave like a second off. I don't know. Like, I've never really noticed it, but like watching minute by minute, obviously you're going to, things will stick out that you've taken for granted, like the exposition scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. Like, I, I hadn't noticed that Wormtongue is in the first bit and then we cut back to him looking at her and then we cut back to her and there's none of like his hair and his hand is not in the shot right. anymore. And it actually looks like this shot of just her face may have been shot separately from them actually like physically interacting with each other. Yeah. Because his hand is not so low that I don't think it would be in the frame. Like, it, it's, the camera is far enough away from her that I would think you could see, like, his wrist in the top of his hand. It's, like, a super awkward movement, too. Like, what he does with his hand. Like, he doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't follow the movement of his, of his arm. Like, he doesn't follow the movement of her, her jaw. Like, he doesn't he, go from her her face to the side of, or the back of her neck, he, like, puts his, it's his, like, the... He, the, he takes his the, hand off of her and moves it. It's And weird. it stays near her. So, it's... But it's, it's like he's grabbing her. Yeah, and it makes it, and it makes it, like, a more disjointed or, like, dispassionate motion. Because it's not, he's not sliding his hand across her skin. He, he doesn't move across her from that comforting like a cup of a hand he takes his hand off and changes it which is also like a weirder less what he's like never interacted with a human being before like it, it just looks so weird it it's and if what you're going for is like this this shift then it seems weird to me that the direction or like the moment wouldn't have been to just keep the contact to trail and slide. his fingers down her neck right like and it makes it seem like warm tongue is even more like removed or dispassioned about this because he breaks contact before he shifts I don't it's know. weird it, it's 
I don't, I'm not really sure how to describe what I mean. No, I understand. It's, yeah. it's less about being intimate and more about like being in charge. Right. And like, and the break purely like from a, from like a, a symbolism sort of standpoint or like, like a really deep analysis sort of standpoint, like the breaking the intimate touch before changing to the controlling touch and not having it shift directly would be like a sign that he doesn't that him or like whoever framed the scene or whatever doesn't want the two things to be that closely related like there is a wall between them well yeah but like you would think that sort of motion would just shift like that would be the natural way someone would do that yeah but that's not what happens here there's like a there's more of a visual break between those two things yeah than you would probably normally see and I don't know if that was just an on-the-day performance choice or if that is, like, was something, like, from direction and, like, the way the scene is put together. It's, it's really bizarre. Yeah, it, it's a really odd motion. It's like a robot. It is like a robot. It's like like a person might do that. It is. It is like a very stilted motion, too. Right. Like, a person might do that because they don't want the motion to be as jarring moving from one place to another but it, it but that doesn't make any sense given the context of what's going on right so that makes it like a that even that makes it even more like weird complicated little motion that like how, a character would have how do girl touch face rem- <laughs> touch neck oh no like what like, like what are you doing worm tongue it's weird it's it's super it's like because that's like a like a breaking the association thing it's 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 something that like now that you've mentioned it and like called attention to it i'm like kind of hung up on in the moment it's like that's just a really odd choice is it still your favorite thing no i'm just kidding <laughs> and then the uh and then like we have the the hold on Eowyn's face obviously this is a very long pause in the performance and the way that she delivered the line like yeah her lip kind of quivers and she she builds to to sp- like spitting out those words yeah it's like she has to to work at it she has to she has to really try to get those words out and leave this this space but that makes his motion all the more strange because yeah. i feel like if it was more fluid then the line between like like intimacy and trust and control um mm. is is not as stark right and like we can't really see his face but he she opens her eyes just as he starts to move his hand away from her cheek mm-hmm. so was he startled by her opening her eyes like <laughs> oh no she's looking at me she's looking at me and he like moves his hand away and like it's it's a really. But then your instinct is to grab her by the throat, like what? Like I don't know what to do with this. I have to control it. Like that's probably Wormtongue's instinct. That's gross. Right, it is gross. But like that's. I mean, the whole thing is gross. Either way, actually, that makes the most sense to me. Like he doesn't know what to do with the sudden eye contact. Like we saw how he reacted to like being rebuked earlier. He immediately like got aggressive. So like yeah, the way that Wormtongue responds to things that he isn't prepared for is to be aggressive. Aggressive. Oh, sorry. Um, 
So that's why, like, it's as he's moving his hand away and then he's, like, startled by this moment and his instinct yeah. is to be aggressive. And that's why he looks at his hand right after this scene is over. Yeah, dummy. He's like, why the hell did I do that? Well, I mean, okay, I'm going to be clear here. Either way, regardless of what he does with his hand, it's creepy. It is creepy. Either way. But I think... So, yeah, I think that that makes the most sense given the way he looks at his hand as she leaves the room. Okay. Is that he's startled. He responds in the way that he is like, always responded to things by, like, immediately being aggressive. But it's not like she... It's not like her eyes fly open. It's... No. They, they flutter. It's a blink. It's a... Uh, yeah. It's not even, like... It doesn't... She doesn't look afraid. She looks sad. She looks tired. She looks tired. Like Relatable. She doesn't look afraid. <laughs> she doesn't necessarily look like afraid or startled at his touch. It's it's a she, really weird moment. It it looks like she, she does she does like um noticeably like gulp though. Yeah. She gulps. So that's like that to me um communicates um nervousness. Yeah. But she doesn't, she, she doesn't startle, which I think says something about Eowyn, like, as a person, too. Like, even if she's nervous or anxious about things, like, she's solid. She, she doesn't, she's not a reactionary person. Right. And that goes back to that line that we were talking about on Friday, the one that's lifted from Gandalf's observation of her. Mm. Like, she isn't one to, she, she buries everything. Yeah, and so for... even though she's probably like every every particle of her being is probably like ew 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 run 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 yeah. red flag red flag, she doesn't react in that way. Right, she doesn't. She does her best not to like show fear or anxiousness or right. or anything or anything. She tries to remain stoic, and that is a strength for Eowyn, like that ability to remain calm and and together. Even when you're falling apart inside. Yeah, though... It is a strength to be able to, like, what is, you know, in many ways, like, looking your abuser in the face and being, like, no and walking away. Like, that is, that is a real, like, inner strength that she carries. Right, yeah, and I'm not... And I've always loved that about this moment. I'm not, like, um, refuting that at all. Because it is powerful. It just sucks that we, like, have to see this interaction for her to get that moment Mm. in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, it it just, it, like I was saying last week, like, if this was Game of Thrones, like, it wouldn't be just a touch on her neck. He would probably, like, grab her. Like, actually grab her. Right, and, like... You know, and like pull the, on her or whatever. It'd be more violent. Like, the implication of his violence, to me, is far more frightening than, like, actually went... Like, I don't want to see that. Nobody really wants to see that. Yeah, but that that is such... It is a really weird motion. There's a lot of, like, very subtle, kind of strange motions between these two across these minutes. Yeah. She doesn't shy away from his touch, either. Like, she, she doesn't... It's so weird that this is the way that these two decided to like play this moment yeah and like these are the takes they used and yeah i mean both of them have miranda otto and brad Dourif have like really incredibly like powerful expressions 
on their faces Mm -hmm. through this scene and like really have the ability to summon these really powerful expressions in a way that, I mean, everyone in this movie is very good in these movies is very good, but in a way that a lot of the other actors don't like a lot of other actors don't have the same sort of like expressive power that these two have. Um, Like Ian McKellen certainly does. Well, yeah. So does Ian Holm. Like, there are definitely actors that do, but, like, not everybody does. Like, and What you're trying to say is they do the acting good. They do the acting good. And, like, they, they, do, <laughs> they do this particular kind of, like, silent, almost entirely expressive moment really well. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, they, they both have, like, this very... They both have an intensity that I think a lot of the other actors don't always bring to the table. Like, Eowyn always has this intensity under the surface, like, in every moment. Um, I don't really... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I wasn't sure if I agreed with that. I'm... I really want to like Eowyn, you guys. Like, I really, really want to. Um, I'm trying. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it as we go forward. Like, I don't think she gives anyone uh, a fiercer glare than she gives Aragorn a little later in this movie. When they're the sparring? sword. Yeah, the sword thing. Yeah. That oh, is a look. We will talk about that. Yeah. I'm just not sure how to reconcile this. I mean, I guess it's it's character development. But, like, reconciling this Eowyn with the Eowyn that we see later on in the movie. Like, an hour from now. Because mm. it feels different? Yeah. I've never felt like it seemed different. I just wish that she was given more to do. Especially because she's, yes. like... Miranda Otto is so talented. I just wish that... There was more things for the ladies to do in this story. I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you. There was a lot more they could have done, even like being constrained by trying to remain like really faithful to the books. Yeah. To give Eowyn to do. There was a lot more they could have given Eowyn to do. Yeah. There's a lot more we could have. And I mean, especially in the third part of the story, there was a lot more we could have seen that we didn't. Hmm. Yeah, but the third movie is already so long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it is. I love the shot of her leaving Metaselt. Oh, it's so pretty. I've always loved that. That particular shot of her stepping out and you just see what the view from the, the steps of the Golden Hall is mm-hmm. has always been really pretty. And how must someone feel when they feel so alone when they look out over all this empty expanse? Uh, did you Do you want me to like explain it? Or... No, like I, I get it. It's just like it's it's a thing that's just like wow, this has to really suck to this isolated place when you're like nobility and what you fear most is a cage. Really does have to feel like a cage because there's all this empty land and free place that you could go you if can. you were free to. Right. And then the the flag blows away. Right. I like this shot. It's like super duper. Um... Disney heroine is yeah. this shot. Like, I could see this shot animated. Right. And, like, leading into the the I Want song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Like, this is this is when Rapunzel sings about what she does all day and, like, where Milan sings Reflection. Like, this is that moment. Right, yeah. This is where Ariel's, like, part of your world. Like, yeah. I actually really... I think... I think Eowyn, in particular, lends herself very well to that Disney style of animation probably because she's beautiful and blonde uh. <laughs> and this dress is like beautiful this beautiful white dress yeah 
is very fairy tale. I do like And like the the columns are not just like Celtic knots, but they're also vines. They're like vines into Celtic knots with the leaves and everything mm-hmm. else and like you can see the the grain and the wood and the columns in front of Metacelt are really pretty, guys. <laughs> they're really pretty. <laughs> in which we geek out about architecture again. Um yeah, no, I I love her her dress. I like her costume in in contrast to Wormtongue's gross finery. Mm. I like her um, elegant finery, and also we'll see tomorrow when we're we're chilling with the peasants. Mm. Like Eowyn is in white. Do you know how like hard it is to to keep something keep something white? Hey, keep like keep it clean and. Like, have it be that bright in the first place. Yeah. It is, I mean, it is also cool that, like, Wormtongue is in all black and Eowyn is in all white in this scene. <laughs> totally not evil. Totally not evil, guys. It's, um, it's a little on the nose, but it I... It is a little on the nose. I like it because it works for these two in particular. Mm. Because their performances are so subtle and nuanced and not like over the top mustache twirly evil and like swooning maiden fair or whatever. Right, like especially in this moment because Wormtongue is mustache twirly evil anytime he's sitting next to Theoden. Right, because that's what he, I don't know. You do you, I guess. <sighs> and like when Wormtongue is speaking, he's mustache twirly evil and when he's not the performance is really, really nuanced, like you said. Like it's, yeah. it's all about his expression. It's about where his eyes are. It's about the the shape of his mouth, which is really impressive because he doesn't have freaking eyebrows. Which makes like his wide eyed stare at Eowyn like is part of what makes it so hard to read exactly what what Wormtongue is, what Brad Dourif is like feeling in that moment because he doesn't have eyebrows. <laughs> And, like, his eyes are so wet, and then, like, Eowyn has, like, the beginnings of tears in her eyes, and, like, that moment is just so really weird. intense and weird. So, you guys have allergies or something. Everyone's, like, soggy. Like, Wormtongue Damp. looks... Like, the lack of eyebrows and that wide-eyed stare, like, Wormtongue almost looks afraid. It's such a weird expression. Well, yeah, if he's afraid, then he lashes out for control. Yeah. Like, last week. Yeah, it's... I don't know. That, that That's why it's my favorite. Like, it's my favorite Eowyn scene because I think the everything coming together from when you first see her sitting in that room until leaving the space and, like, walking out onto the porch of Metacell or, like, the, the steps is, like, it's all this really powerful stuff. And it's all about highlighting that while Eowyn feels incredibly alone and vulnerable and weak, yeah. there is a strong foundation and a, an ability to stay calm and this intensity that she carries with her. Mm. And I think that that's like kind of a beautiful thing to underline as the way that we first kind of get to know this character. Yeah, I can see that. I just, I'm still on the fence on about Aowen, but we're just, we're just getting into the meat of her mm. character. So like it's such as it is of the, of the ladies in these movies, Aowen is my favorite, which what, like, all three of them? Right. <laughs> I mean, she's the only lady that we get uh, the perspective of well, she's the in only the books. Human. She's the only human. Yeah. The other two women with speaking roles of any um, are substance are, are elves. Right. And in the books, that means you don't really get 
much from their perspective or really like dive into them very much because elves are supposed to be beyond the approach of men. But I feel like the two elven women are much more fleshed out than Eowyn. Uh, we'll get, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. About yeah. That. Um, I do want to shout out, uh, Howard Shore, my man, Howard Shore, bringing his A game, uh, at the very end of this minute. Uh, this is my favorite, um, musical cue in this entire movie. Mm. The, um, As the, the Rohan theme the, starts. The Rohan theme on the fiddle. As the banner blows away. Yes. It is because there is something haunting and sad about the Rohan theme. Yes, I love. And then. I love it. Like, the Rohan theme is the story of Theoden's character arc. It, it starts off haunting and sad and subdued and alone. And, alone, and then it, swells. it becomes joined by other, by other people. It, it becomes an alliance and so, like, bombastic and mm-hmm. triumphant. And then it ends on another, like, there's the very last bit of it is a sad note. Hmm. It's, it's Theoden's whole story as a song. I do like that we get, um, we get this iteration of it here when Eowyn is not only looking out over the kingdom, but like is very much alone. Yeah. Because there's also like two crescendos in the, in the Rohan theme. Yes. The one as it exists on the soundtrack. Right. The one as it exists on the soundtrack, like the the loop of it. Right. Which, you know, is is Helm's Deep and then the final charge in the Pelennor Fields. Yeah, that's true. I love this theme so much. When I think of Lord of the Rings music, it's like the Shire theme and then this. And then my favorite moment in Return of the King Hmm. is like... The the Shire theme is the one I always think of first. The big three for me. Like... I'm also just drawn to, um, like, standalone string themes, mm. um, because I played violin for, like, ten years. Mm. So yeah. I, I always wanted to learn violin. It's just, ugh, you can have it. Cello's way more fun. Violin played well is beautiful. Violin played by me, eh, there's a reason I don't play it anymore. Right, like, there are, there are some <laughs> instruments that you can, like, play around with and it sounds okay, That it, and a violin is not one of those instruments. Yes, it gets, it's like a clarinet. It gets very squeaky very fast. That's why I think a cello is more forgiving because it's at a lower register. Right. The higher pitched tones. Yeah. Much more easily become unlistenable. Yeah, you hit a, you hit a wrong note, um, or you, you bow incorrectly on a violin and it's like nails on chalkboard. <laughs> right. Like the, the scale of instruments that sound, like from instruments that sound kind of okay to play around on, like you can, if you don't know what you're doing, you can still find something to play that sounds okay to like never touch this unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> or like the electric guitar to like the harpsichord. Harpsichord? What? Or not, not a harpsichord. Is that, no, that's not the thing I'm harpsichord thinking about. Harpsichord is the, the old timey sound piano. What, what is it called? Um, the big tube of glass that Ben Franklin loved that thing like never play with that thing unless you know what you're doing isn't that a mellophone is that what it's called i have no idea what it's called harpsichord is the it's like like a different kind of piano the every like imagine like a 17th century dude in a powdered wig walking down his hall the music that you hear along that is a harpsichord ah interesting i got you (laughs) i'm uh amadeus is in my brain yes yes very much so uh (laughs) Like, the opener of that movie is, like, one of the first things is, like, 
he's flirting with some woman at some big party and laughing in a very shrill manner. And That's a three-hour movie that I have no time for, but I've never seen. It's a Isn't good movie. Isn't it four hours? It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's really long. It's, it was on Netflix. Amadeus Minute. Nope. Nope. Cursed. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I don't remember what the glass thing is called, but. Yeah. yeah, that's that would be my scale of like, can you play around with this and make it sound okay? Because anyone can kind of pick up an electric guitar and find something that sounds all right. I mean, I would have said piano. You literally just sit there and poke a note, and it's yeah. it works. Found some, find something pleasing. Yeah, one one key at a at time. At least just play like I don't know. Mary had a little lamb. It's like three keys. Right, or like joy to the world <laughs> or whatever. Joy to the world. <laughs> what I guess. Right. Joy to the world. I mean, like, you have to find the... I don't know. Mary Had a Little Lamb is literally, like, the three keys next to each other. Yeah. It's like E, D, and C. Joy to the world is just, like, find a note, and then just play all the ones to the left of it, like, as you do, and then back to the one you started with. I think you're thinking about Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. No, they're both like that. (laughs) Oh, man. I do miss playing piano. That is one thing. I, I don't... Are there any... Is there any piano music in Lord of the Rings? I don't think there is. I think it's all like it's or- all percussion orchestral. and it's pretty much a, it, most of it is percussion and strings. No, there's there's brass and woodwinds as well. The Shire theme literally starts with a woodwind. Yeah, but like most of the, a lot of what I hear when I think about the music is the percussion and the string elements of things. But the Shire theme is the is the woodwind. It's the the part that opens it. Right. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of really heavy percussion in the score of this this movie. Yeah, especially I mean like it's every battle scene. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And then Rohan is like all these strings. I'm shook, you guys. I've never noticed that, but I'm now I'm gonna like. And our good friend the hammer dulcimer that we learned a whole bunch about. Yeah, that's cool. Does that count as a piano? <laughs> it's more like a xylophone. It's, it's a naked piano. <laughs> It's a little. It's a little more like a xylophone well, no, than it is a piano. They, but you're playing use, strings. You're playing strings with hammers. It's it's like a manual. It's playing piano. a piano like a xylophone. Yeah. Well, Just ripping the case off of it. It's like half a piano. <laughs> half a piano. Anyway, so we are from the website duelinggenre.com. Check us out there as well as the other dueling genre podcasts. Uh, and if you have a moment, uh, please support us on Patreon. Uh, five bucks a month will get you a bunch of awesome stuff. So check that out at duelinggenre.com slash support. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a good Monday and we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with a guest. Uh, fingers crossed. I really hope this Knock movie, on some wood for us, guys. This movie is not cursed. This movie is not cursed. And, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye! Bye.